welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thank you, Father, for your blessing, for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. Touch our hearts, Lord God. Help us to hear from you. Pray that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom even as we listen, Lord God. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Proverbs. Proverbs is wonderful. Proverbs 24, verse 13. My son, eat honey because it's good and the honeycomb is sweet to your taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, if you have found it, there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. So we've been hearing about wisdom this last month, been reading Proverbs, which is full of wisdom. And the lovely thing about wisdom, it's not just good for us, it's sweet, it's delicious, it's beautiful, it's, it's like honey. Honey, is, honey was the sweetest thing they knew and it's so good for us. It's just like you love wisdom. Let's not reject wisdom and let's be hungry to find it. These days it's easy to find honey. You just go to the shops and, and buy it and you can buy good ones, I guess, or better or worse qualities. But back in the day, you know, back in these days, you had to go out into the fields and find a, a bee's hive and, you know, you probably had to deal with a few bees. And <laughs> but it was always worth it. And so if you find it, it's like, if you find it, it's like, oh, we found it. We found some honey. I suppose they cultivated it as well. But it's sweet and it's beautiful. And Proverbs is full of delicious, sweet wisdom. And I want us all to to get that wisdom and to have these sweetness in our soul. It says it is sweet to our soul. And, you know, honey, it's interesting because even just in that, there's wisdom for us. Because I remember when everyone was sort of anti-sugar and carbohydrates. Honey is a carbohydrate and it's also extremely high in sucrose and fructose. Higher in calories than sugar and sweeter than sugar, actually. But the Bible says it's good. So, yes. So just just putting that out there in case you're one of these anti-sucrose people. Honey is good for you. It's good. So all that sucrose and fructose is very good for you. Now, of course, it's all about quantity, not too much. You just enjoy it. Everything's good. I mean, you know, nothing's going to hurt you in small quantities. I mean, I knew a girl that tried to get healthy and she had a lot of carrots. She was like, she just went nuts on carrots and she turned orange. She got carotene poisoning. I'm not even joking. It was like, what, what happened? She goes, yeah, the doctor said I ate too many carrots. She, she went orange. So, you know, anything in large quantities isn't good for you, but, but honey is good for you. And the thing is, you, you actually don't overdo honey you 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 just have to have a little bit 
And it's interesting because that's, that's the way it is with Proverbs. Proverbs is you just can't eat too much. just need to take it slow. Let me encourage you in reading the book of Proverbs just to slow down. Even the way that it's set out is so random, isn't it? All like, you know, I mean, if I'd have written Proverbs, I'd have put all the Proverbs together about riches, and then all the Proverbs together about, you know, diligence. But it's just like, and that slows us down. Whoa, now, now, oh, now I've changed topics again. But I want to encourage you just in, you know, just as you eat honey slowly and you don't eat too much, when it comes to reading the Bible, just slow down. Go slow. Get a proverb and sit on it and think about it and memorize it and drive in the car, turn the radio off. Just think about that proverbs. Just think about it for a week. And then maybe it starts to go into your spirit and you start to get a hold of it and it changes you. But we often just, I mean, that's true with a lot of the words. So it's good sometimes to read the word fast and just read through a whole story or, you know, read the Bible through. But at the same time that you're reading fast, be sure to read slow. Be sure to take it in because wisdom is not fast, I don't think. I think wisdom is slow. It takes a while for us to learn it. It takes a while for us to understand it and it takes slowness to absorb it. We have a tendency to think, right, I'll get wisdom, I'll read the book of Proverbs. Read Proverbs, now I'm wise. It's like, well, you know, (laughs) maybe slow down. So what I'm going to do in this uh, session, I'm just going to, I'm mainly looking at Proverbs 12 and I'm just going to pick a few Proverbs from Proverbs 12 and I'm going to be random. Normally I have, you know, my Western brain, I do things all in order, but I thought I'd just follow, do it the way Proverbs does. So Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves correction loves knowledge, but he who hates rebuke is stupid. I just love that proverb. And I looked up the word stupid. I thought it can't really mean that. It can't say stupid, but it really does. It's like brutish is another, the only other translation, like a brute. Stupid. Whoever loves correction loves knowledge. Do you love being corrected? Well, you better change because if you hate it, you're stupid. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's so strong, isn't it? We should be open to correction. Like, how can I do this? At work, how can I do this better? I've done this. Can it be better? And open to everybody. Sometimes random people come along and say, why don't you do it like this? And it's just so tempting. No, 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 you you, you don't understand. We've been doing it like this forever. No, 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 no. It's just the way. It's just, what is that? That is stupid. That's what it is. That's what the Bible says. Not me. I wouldn't say that. It's what the Bible says. But just listen. I mean, they might, they might be wrong, but they might be right. You never know. Just listen and go, hang on, before you, because it's no, 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 just shh. Just listen. Yeah. And every now and again, someone will say something. You go, that's actually better. That could work. That's wisdom. We think we're wise when we know, when we know it all. So we think wise people are the ones who go, no, no, we've been doing it like this for a long time, actually. You don't, you don't know. I, I know because I've been doing it like this forever. I'm sounding like a man, aren't I? Hmm. I just realised I was putting on my male voice. Don't know why, not saying anything there, but um, <laughs> but I have noticed sometimes some men, they're a little bit defensive, a little bit like this is the way we've been doing it and we're not changing and that's what we think it's what wisdom is, that 
I'm smart, I know, be quiet, please, I know how to do that. That's actually not a, that doesn't show that you're wise. That shows that you're not wise. The wise person would not say that. The wise person would say very little, actually, and just, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Okay, I'll think about that. And I've, when I'm trying to be wise, <laughs> I'm getting there, but sometimes I'm trying to be wise and I feel that same thing, like, no, 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 and I, and I, and I don't say it. It's really good. To, I just don't say that and then I stand there and go, yeah, maybe, but I'm kind of acting. I'm acting wise. Acting wise is good because nobody, they might know that you're actually inside going, oh, shut up, that's stupid, but just pretend to be wise. Every now and again, I just pretend to be wise and go, oh, that's interesting. And I just shut up for a bit. And then all of a sudden, this really weird thing happens. I go, they're actually right. Because I shut, I shut down that voice and I gave myself just a moment to think. And you discover that people are often right. So listen, listen and just be open. Don't hate correction. Don't hate rebuke. And we hate it in a lot of ways by being super defensive, sometimes in character. People, you know, maybe husbands and wives, you might say something. It's like, no, it wasn't me because I don't know. And you didn't. And you And you didn't. It's like if people <laughs> – if we're super defensive – and it's exhausting to tell someone that they've done the wrong thing. We probably people won't tell them. So don't if if it's if it's super hard work, that's just not that's that's stupid. Or if we get super offended or or, or super upset or, or break down so much when people offer a little bit of advice or a little bit of criticism, then you know we're not we're just not going to learn. So. Let's not be stupid. Look at the, in, in 1532, similar, whoever loves correction, whoever refuses correction despises his own soul, but he who listens to rebuke gets understanding. Whoever refuses correction, one version says, hates himself. Isn't that interesting? If you won't allow yourself to be corrected, you hate yourself because you're not looking after yourself because it's logic. It's stupid not to receive correction because, okay, I'm not perfect. Maybe someone else has noticed that. Maybe they're better at something that I'm not perfect at and maybe they could offer me advice and then I could get better. That just, isn't that just make sense? What are you saying if you don't want correction? That you're perfect? Well, it doesn't even make sense. But here it goes even further. You hate yourself. It's like you don't want – do you not want to look after yourself? Do you not want to be a bit better? That's just so dumb. And maybe it's the other way around. People who hate themselves don't like correction. So they've got a low of self-esteem. It's like – you might find out I'm not perfect, so no, no. So if you want to love yourself, if you want to be kind to yourself and lift up your self-esteem, take on some correction and you'll actually find, yeah, I can handle that because, you know, I'm not perfect and that's okay. So it's very interesting. Even your enemies sometimes may have things to, that say that are good and let me encourage you because often it's not, I mean, it's nice if people love you say things, but sometimes we hear things from people who don't love us and, it, and that's harder, but even then, even then, take it, li listen. Because sometimes if they are your enemies, they don't care about the relationship. They'll say, they'll be brutal, but sometimes a little bit truthful. Not always. I remember once I had um, someone criticise me. They'd left the church and they were cross with me. And so what they did was they, they got a, um, they did a survey about me, as you do. And they collected, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even joking. This is a true story. They did a survey. They went around to all these different people, found out what they didn't like about Ruth and wrote it down on a whole full uh, piece of paper, that big. All their little comments. That's true. Sent the survey to me, the elders of the church, and various other people. 
So you can imagine, that was real fun. And uh, <laughs> I remember getting that piece of paper and, and, and reading it. And after I picked myself off the ground from crying and being a bit broken, <laughs> I remember having the, the thing to go, is this true? Is this true? Like, is there any truth in that? And I showed some people. Sarah was one of them. You remember, don't you, Sarah? <laughs> Chris had one too, but... Uh, <laughs> so I showed, I said, well, is, is, I was like, is this true? And generally, no, because generally if you don't love someone, you're not going to really get the best criticism. But it doesn't hurt to have that attitude of maybe there is a bit of truth in that and to keep open to criticism. So that's Proverbs 12, 1. 12.18, a rash speaker is like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is healing. So while we might receive criticism and correction, let's be careful giving it. Because if we're rash, it's like stabbing someone. And that is not helpful or kind. That's not good. 12.6 says, the words of the wicked lion wait for blood. <laughs> so some people are very tough with their words. They're stabbing words. And let's be sure that that's not our words. It says here, the tongue of the wise is healing or the mouth of the upright delivers. So let's be those people that our words are soothing and healing and kind, not rash words that like stabbing and slander and gossip or innuendo or unkindness or just, just, just touching people in an unkind way. Words in the, There's so much in Proverbs about words and I love that concept that our words are full of healing. The wise, their words are deliver people. We deliver through, through prayer. We deliver people when we pray for them. We deliver people with, with gentle answers we deliver people from insecurity by encouraging them every day. Encourage, we need encouragement. Like, you're doing all right, even when we have issues. We deliver people by defending them and standing up for the truth. Like with that, that page and, the, and, you know, Byron and Sarah and the others were so encouraging and, and loving to us. And we believe in you and you're okay and, and kept us going. Because, you know, if you feel like you're a failure, it's hard to keep going. And you need someone to deliver you and to, ha- and to be kind to you and, and, and defend you. I love people who defend you. If, if someone's saying something that's not true, defend. Be, it says the words of the wise deliver people from, from the wicked who are who trying to, you know, this bloodlust, almost this desire to destroy. And, you know, another time I remember there was someone came to church and, and they said to me that they were getting their teeth fixed because they, they had issues with their teeth. And I, I feel... I, I like teeth because I grew up, you know, my father's a dentist, so I'm sort of into teeth a little bit. And, uh, and um, I mean, we all like our teeth, but, you know, I feel I have a special relationship with teeth. <laughs> I'll tell you a cute little thing which is completely irrelevant. But my dad has retired, which is sort of shocking and terrible um, because he was, he's 82 or something, so he had to go. But, I mean, it was just it's, – it's terrible. It's retired. He's just retired. He hasn't, he's, still, he's still with us. He's still with us, but I had to go to a different dentist for the first time in my whole, 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 whole life. So I went to this guy who actually worked for Dad. I asked Dad, and this guy had worked for him years and years ago, and he's on the coast. And so I knew he would be a good dentist. And 
So I went and he says, oh, how's, how's your dad? How's John? Chat, chat, chat. And I said, he's good. But I'm just like, I'm not going to my dad anymore. What does this actually mean? Like, we're getting to the end. And so I go in and I'm, start, I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to cry. This is not going to be good. And I'm just like, what was his name? What was the new dentist? I can't remember his name. Tom Sang, yeah, Dr. Sang. So he puts me in the chair and he starts putting this stuff on me. And he's not my dad. And his hands are not my dad's great big hands. And I'm just like, the tears start pouring, like pouring out. I'm lying in the dentist chair and Tom's just kind of like working away, like not looking. And the dental nurse just every now and again gives me a tissue. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I'm just basically sobbing in the dental chair because another man has got his hands in my mouth and that's just my name to be my dad I don't know why I'm telling you this not not relevant but it's just we do weird things don't we so when I left the receptionists were all like are you okay I'm, like, I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine <laughs> really and they're okay do you want another tissue I'm like no 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 you know so hopeless anyway so how do I get back <laughs> defend one another like, why was I on teeth Oh, someone was getting their teeth fixed. Okay, thank you, darling. That's a, yeah. So someone's getting their teeth fixed and I feel for them because it's expensive. I didn't know it was expensive until last time I went to the dentist, but now I know. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I, you know, I gave them some money because I just thought, look, man, I want you to get your teeth fixed. So I gave them some money. Anyway, when they left the church, they said to another pastor, that Ruth told me that I had to get my teeth fixed, which is like, well, that's not exactly how it was. Like, come on. Like, you told me you were getting your teeth fixed and I gave you money. Like, they made it out like I got to people and say, right, hair, change the hair, change, change the teeth. You, you, haircut, come on. Oh, no, it looks good now. It looks so good. You know, I mean, I'm not like that. Not too much, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm not like that. I'm very nice. But anyway, that was, a misre- that was a misrepresentation. They're stabbing words, aren't they? They're stabbing words. Those words are... Are not kind. That's not, that's not true. That's misrepresenting my heart, especially when I gave them money. And so, but this pastor was John Pennycook, actually, bless his heart. She told him that. And he, you know what he did? He just said, yeah, Ruth would never do that. And she was just like, what? He didn't, and I just, and, he, and I heard about it. He told me about it. I said, what do you say? And he said, oh, I just said, oh, she, you'd never do that. Because he just knows I'm not, I'm, that's not me. And I just, Loved that he defended me and I loved that he didn't ring me up. He didn't ring me up and say, did you tell someone this? He just, he just thought, well, that's, she's not unkind. She wouldn't do that. I love that. So that's what the words of the righteous do. They defend. They stand up for you. And sometimes the righteous words are cutting because the Bible speaks about correction and sometimes correction is a bit, Ugh. but the difference between a scalpel and a stab, a scalpel, sometimes the Lord uses us, all of us, to just, you know, a little discipline, a little correction, but it's so gentle. And yes, it's a little cutting sometimes like a scalpel, but it's good and loving and gentle. So different from the words of unkindness or meanness or that stabbing. So let's be healing with our words. Proverbs 12, 23, a prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. Look at that. A prudent man conceals knowledge. So here it is, just again with words, just don't say it sometimes. Just hold it back. Don't 
I, I, know, I know something, but it's not always right to say it. You actually conceal knowledge. You hold back information. Sometimes it's not helpful. Sometimes it's not kind to say that. Sometimes, yes, they had a great holiday in Fiji, and yes, your holiday was better, but you don't need to tell them that, do you? Oh, I did that. Mine was better. All right? I, 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 I got that. I got it cheaper. It's like that. Just, just don't say it. You know, sometimes someone, you know, they say, oh, I've got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a rash here. It's like, oh, my cousin had that. Spread right over their whole body. Yep. It's like, that's, that's, you know, that's actually not helpful. I know. (laughs) I know. You know, you know things sometimes and you're tempted to say it. But just think before you say it, is that going to encourage them? Is that going to help them? No, so don't say it. You have, as you get older and older, you'll have so many pieces of information that you can share. A wise person just doesn't. It doesn't help. Hold it back. You can't unsay something. Words are powerful and they go in. So that's, if you're wise, prudent, this word here, just learn to say little, to hold back, conceal information, actually hide information. Some people don't want to know things. Sometimes there's answers about God. There's things about the kingdom. People don't want to know and it's like it's not, it's not the time. They're not ready. I can't, I can't share that. So be wise in there. 12.25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. There's those words again. Anxiety causes depression. There's so much depression in our society, so much anxiety, so much fear. That You know, the, the Bible says the wicked flee when no one's pursuing. The reason there's so much fear is sin. Sin makes cowards of us all. Sin brings you to a place of guilt and fear and anxiety. And because we, we have so much sin and we are legislating that sin's okay, it means everybody's frightened, everybody's full of fear and anxiety. It's, it's what we are allowing in our society. But look at this, a good word makes it glad. A good word of encouragement, a good word of, of love can make that heart glad. And that may or may not come from a counsellor. I mean, mo- the, the ultimate good word is Jesus. And we have those words from Jesus, don't we, that can release. And I, it's, I love it. It's like one good word doesn't take much sometimes, just a good word from a godly, wise person can release that anxiety and release that fear and set people on a good path, encourage them. And so sometimes you've got to share your heart. It says a good word makes it glad. It's not like to yourself. Be open. Sometimes you need to let people know the anxiety or the, de- the, the depressions and the other person is in the position to give that good word that can make it glad. Look at that doesn't have to be so complicated. A good word makes it glad. I mean, that's all counselling is really, isn't it? People go to university and learn how to give lots of good words. I had it well, playing um, hockey and there's um, this girl that she's, Jody. she's a sweetheart. She's always, she's organising everything. We're going away for the Masters and she's organising it all and doing the teams and giving us uniforms and everything. She's busy, busy, busy. And, you know, everybody's cross with her because, you know, well, why am I in this team, you know, and, and, what, and, and where's my socks and, why, and it's just constant, you know. And so she she's always looks a bit sad. <laughs> and I was sitting on the sidelines with her and I said, Jodie, so can I just say I'm so grateful for all the work you do. You, it's, it's fantastic, all the energy you put in to make us all happen. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
And she just looks at me and goes, <laughs> and she's not someone to cry. And she's like crying. And I thought, man, this poor girl has not had enough encouragement. I said, I said, and she goes, I said, oh, sounds like, looks like you haven't been hearing this much. Yeah, no, no, no one ever says it. No one ever thanks me. They just get angry with me. And I went, well, I really appreciate it. I know it's hard when you're a leader. And she was so encouraged, just, you know, just thanking her. When was the last time you thanked the organiser of your kid's sport? It's a tough job, I'm telling you. And organising middle-aged women's sport, I think, is even tougher. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, a good word. You be those ones to say it. Often we think it. We think, oh, I'm glad they do it. But do you say it? A thought isn't enough. You can think, oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful, you know, Bethany organised Lake Cajelago. Do you say it? Say that good word and, and, and let people feel that encouragement and that gladness that comes. Proverbs 12, 26 jumping around. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So we've already heard about all this wickedness and we, I guess all of us think, it's such a strong word, isn't it? Wicked, evil and they're so strong but the Bible speaks a lot about, especially Proverbs, about wicked people and fools and lazy people and we do well to look at those definitions of what wickedness is and be sure that it doesn't include us rather than go well I'm not wicked so that's not me go do I do that because if I do maybe I'm walking along a path of wickedness that I ought not and wickedness you know I mean one one thing says that the wicked people sort of you know move their feet and blinks their eyes and sometimes wickedness is very subtle it's not always like you know this I'm evil I mean we it's not just like you know Hitler and Stalin Wickedness can be subtle or immoral or lying or, you know, sneaky and mean and, and all sorts of things. You can read in Proverbs, I don't want to preach about it all now, but, you know, we, we ought to be aware of what it looks like and we ought to be aware of how we respond to wickedness and how we ought to not respond to it and certainly not do it. So we can just read what the Bible says wicked people do and don't do it, especially in Proverbs. But here it says the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. So obviously, you know, be aware of your associations because people can pull you astray and they don't mean to. They're not like I'm going to stop you being good and make you bad. It's just that eventually if you keep hanging out with people who are drinking or going to clubs all the time you just and talking the way they talk, you're going to start doing that because otherwise, you know, what you're a killjoy. You can't be with them. Eventually you're going to kind of, it says their ways, it's not even them, it's their ways lead astray. Another version says seduces. And so you, you do have to choose carefully who you're going to spend time with because you will eventually start to resemble the people you spend time with. And that word choose there, I, I always like to go back to the Hebrew, it's actually searches out or spies. It's the exact same word that Moses used to send Joshua and Caleb into the promised land to spy out the land. So a more exact translation is the righteous should spy out his friends carefully. So there's, there's that element of choosing, I guess. But there's also that element of, of watching your friends. Because sometimes you already have friends. It's not like you're going to, you know, you, they're your friends. But watch your friends. And I think spy them out, search them out to help to love because maybe they're going astray. and Maybe you're in a position to help them and love them. Watch your friends and go, what, where, what are you doing? Where are you going? Don't, don't do that. You know, come to church. 
don't go there. You can, there's, a, there's a care in that, I think, of, of watching out for your friends, keeping an eye out for your friends, for their sake, but also for yours. And we have to, you know, sometimes we have to be aware that friendships will shift. I don't think the love ever changes, but I know a lot of people have come into this church with friends and their relationships have changed because someone's like, I'm going, I'm going on for God. Someone else is like, well, I'm not really. So eventually there's going to be a shift in that relationship. We keep loving and we keep searching out our friends, I guess. Like you might ring them and say, try and come together. Let's go together to God. But we can't allow our friends to pull us away from God. So that's, that's an interesting scripture to meditate on, just to, to search out our friends and to, to choose them wisely in the beginning, but just to be aware of where they're at toward the end. So search out our friends. Proverbs twelve fifteen. 15, you know, they're saying how they talk about wicked people and they also talk about fools a lot in the Proverbs. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So people who are foolish think they're right. That's, that goes back to where we started from really, doesn't it? And this is what happens in Proverbs. It chops all around the place. It goes back to, no, I'm, this is right. I'm, what I'm doing is right. But, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe you're not right. So listen to advice. If someone gives you advice, just listen. I, I, I'm always fascinated when people don't take advice. Like why? You know, ask, if someone's good at something, ask them how and... And do it, like try it, give it a go, even if you just do it once. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labour. 12, 27. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but the possessions of a diligent man are precious. So if you're diligent, it says here that you're going to rule, you're going to end up in charge, you're going to be the boss. But if you're lazy, you're the one that will, be, will stay low. So there's just, that's just simple. Work hard. Be diligent. And look, a lazy man doesn't roast what he took in hunting. So in those days, they go out and hunt something and he brings it back and they're like, oh, I can't be bothered even, you know. I, I, I can't be bothered cooking it. And then it goes bad. That's lazy. And, then, and it's clear that that's not smart to be lazy because you end up in forced labour. You end up working in a way that you don't want to work if you're lazy. And I mean, I, we've all seen this. I, you know, we all have, a wise person will look after their possessions and keep things clean and organised and use what they've got. Have you ever gone through, I've seen some friends and their, their teenage daughter's cupboards and there's clothes in there that they've still got the tags on. They've never even cut the tag off and worn the clothes. You go out and buy them and you never even use them. That's not, that's not wise. We need to, to you, it says the possessions of a diligent man are precious. So let's be wise. I mean, as you know, we've just been redoing our carpet. So, I mean, we're all guilty of this. I just was pulling stuff out from the linen cupboard and I found a bag of tablecloths. I, have, I don't even remember putting them there and I certainly haven't used them. When we've all got that, haven't we? It's like, oh, look at this. And so we've been clearing out and I just, I feel like our house isn't messy, but there's so much stuff that we don't use and we're not aware of and and it takes time, but the Bible says that's the sign of diligence to, to use things properly and, and give them away or, or throw them away or just organise our stuff. There's a, 
a lightness and a diligence and a wisdom about that and giving things to people where they belong rather than keeping them in our house where, you know, no one's using them and finishing a job. The lazy man doesn't roast what he took in hunting. It's, it's easy to start something, but finishing is a sign of diligence. Has anyone got half-completed projects? I know, we've got to, don't start a new project until you've cleaned up the last one. Finish. It's a sign of diligence. No, that's men and women. Women, no, that's, that's both of us. <laughs> All right. So look, I, you know, wisdom. There's so much, isn't there? And, it's, and wisdom's kind of tough. I found it a bit hard to preach this because I thought, this is kind of, I don't know, it's very, it's very tough stuff because you, you can't just preach all the nice thing like God loves you, loves you, loves you because most of Proverbs has got the, the good person and then the bad one. Like, you know, they have the, the parallelism. So if you're going to preach Proverbs, you're going to talk about the righteous people and the wicked. And so it's kind of like, I'm like, oh, it's... Um, that's why I wanted to start with the honey. Wisdom is sweet. It's very sweet. Okay, it's good. Now, another, a, a not probably very wise person, but some of you may remember Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Does everyone remember that? So, I mean, honey's sweet and so is chocolate. Now, I know chocolate's not as healthy as honey, so obviously we don't eat too much. But... I thought about that because I was thinking about sweet things. I was actually going to start with the chocolate analogy, but I thought I'd better start with honey because, you know, like it's more biblical than chocolate. <laughs> but um, Forrest Gump said, you, you never know what you're going to get. And I went, well, I, I don't know what was going on back in the day when Forrest was eating chocolate, and I'm not sure if Forrest could read very well. But actually, you do know what you're going to get these days because it's written on pretty much every box of chocolates, you know, that you can get the classic fudge or the chocolate bliss, a delicious swirl of Cadbury milk chocolate or the Turkish delight. And so I think Proverbs is a little bit like chocolate. You know, you, it's delicious. You can pick some and you can, you know, read what, what it is. And it's sort of random. There's a certain randomness about Proverbs. And also, like honey, you shouldn't eat too much. Not a whole box, just, just a couple's enough. A couple of proverbs a day should keep you going. But you do know what you're going to get with wisdom. He says, life, you don't know what you're going to get. I'm like, actually, Proverbs says that you do know what you're going to get. I mean, there's always going to be surprises in, in the realm of suffering particularly. But it says you're going to suffer. We just don't know how we're going to suffer. So you'll get some, let me just tell you, right? The Bible says, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial you're going through. So we will suffer. We will have areas of, that test us, but that shouldn't be a surprise because I've told you right now, you're all going to suffer, okay? So once we get that out of the way, the Bible actually says that if you are wise, there's these amazing results. We've been looking at wisdom. We've been looking at Proverbs, and it's quite clear. Proverbs 3.17, long life is in her right hand. If you lead a wise life, it actually says you, you will have a long life. In her left hand are riches and honour because wisdom shows you how to save. Wisdom shows you how to open bank accounts. Wisdom shows you how to, to be an honourable person. Maybe not everyone likes you. That's the suffering. That's the persecution. But honour from the ones that it's due from. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. So it's, there's definite results. There's a way of peace. There's a way of pleasantness and beauty in wisdom. That's what's on offer. So wisdom is full of marvellous results and if we 
are prepared to walk in the ways of wisdom, we will see these things. Perhaps not the way we expected, perhaps, you know, along with suffering or whatever, but it's, it's exciting to know that, the, that wisdom has a marvellous result and most importantly, favour from the Lord. Most importantly, putting God first means that even if we don't feel everything's happened on this earth, we've, we've got all eternity to enjoy the riches and the honour of God. So let me encourage you over this month, we've heard wisdom and let me encourage you to actually read. This is, a, you know, we've started off with Proverbs, whatever else you may be reading. Why don't you read Proverbs all year? Why don't you just have one or two Proverbs on the go, you know, memorising or thinking about it as you travel or, and just go over and over those, that wisdom that you need and think about, oh, that's, that's what I need. Let's, let's enjoy the sweetness of Proverbs all year and let's gain the wisdom so that we get these results. And as pro, in 4.7 it says, wisdom is the principal thing. It's a baseline thing to so many other things. Therefore, get wisdom. Get it, get it. In all you're getting, in all you're getting this year, all the stuff you're going to get, in all the getting, get wisdom, get understanding. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.